0: O oh Lord your transcendental name and form are not ascertained by those who merely speculate on the path of imagination your name form and activities excuse me your name form and attributes can be ascertained only through devotional service so please repeat o oh lord your transcendental name and form are not ascertained by those who merely speculate on the path of imagination. Your name, form, and attributes can be ascertained only through devotional service. <clears throat> Purport As stated in the Padma Puran. At the Ha Krishna Namadi Nabavi Bhavid Indriya Sevan Mukhei Jivado Swayam Eva Quote One cannot understand the transcendental nature of the name, form, quality, and pastimes of Sri Krishna through one's materially contaminated senses. Only when one becomes spiritually saturated by transcendental service to the Lord are the are the trans uh, uh, are the transcendental name, form, quality, and pastimes of the Lord revealed to him Secret, uh, that's a close quote Sri Krishna and his transcendental name, form, and activities are all of a transcendental nature, ordinary persons or those who are not. Uh, excuse me, ordinary persons, or those who are only slightly advanced, cannot understand them. Even big scholars who are non-devotees think that Krishna is fictitious. Yet although so-called scholars and commentators do not have, uh, do not believe that Krishna was factually a historical person, those whose presence on the battlefield of Kurukshetra is recorded in history of Mahabharata, they feel compelled to write comments on Bhagavad Gita and other historical records. (inaudible) Krishna's transcendental name, form, attributes, and activities can be revealed only when one engages his service in full consciousness. So I'm going to pause and speak on this. Um, This is a common thing, especially in this age of Kali Yuga, we find that uh, uh, more than anything, people like to speak. They like to hear, uh, they, they have a tendency to to like to hear the sound of their own voice. See? So they speak. As, as we go out in the world, we observe. It's fun to observe people uh, just to see. I like to observe the folks out there just to see how can we preach to them, how can we make them devotees. And uh, in um, observation, we notice that one person may say something. You know, they'll make some statement. Uh, I observe that uh, there's trouble in the Middle East, and I think this. And the other one counters, well, I observe that there's this and this and this. I think the solution is this, yes, but it would work better if it was. So everyone is trying to outdo the other one, it seems. There's this uh, tug of war. How How can I... Uh, uh pose myself as being more intelligent than you i know more than you and i got to prove it i mean i don't want to start punching it out with you, but but it's a it's it's a slightly subtle process of me saying something to show i'm more intelligent than you and you and you see these people and you think neither one of you really have much intelligence you see but yet sometimes we see that people even though they have very little knowledge of something yet they speak They speak anyway, you see. Not only do they speak, but they speak as if they know and they speak as if it's authoritative. And this is what we refer to as speculation. It's imagination, you see. That same tendency that we have as non-devotees when we're not engaged in the service of the Lord, we have a tendency to bring with us when we become devotees, you see. I want to show you what I know. Not that so much... Uh, I want to deliver the truth. I have learned the truth, and I want to share it with you for your benefit. I've already benefited from it because I received the truth from Guru Shadu Shastra. Now let me please share it with you, you see. And uh, I notice rarely when people speak sometimes, uh, it's, it's rarely do we hear them say, I'm not really sure about this, but... It could be like that. Now, even if it's something broken truth, half truth. By the way, I have a recipe for half truth that I'll share with all of you later on, if you like. Uh, so, even if it's, it doesn't have to be the truth, it's spoken as if it's true. You see, rather than saying, "No, I'm not really sure about this." Uh, so, and, and sometimes people say, "Well, I'm," you know, "I, I know this to be so." And uh, other devo- we'll t- other times we'll hear devotees say, well, I can only speculate. I don't want to do that. But, uh, you know, I can guess that it may be this way. But I'm not sure. You see, that gives great potency to you uh, because it makes you honest. I don't know. I don't know factually. And, and sometimes if you don't know factually, it's best not to say anything. You see, because uh, the truth I- will endure. The truth is the truth. It's always going to be there, you see. And when we make a half statement or a mistruth or a speculation, later on we're going to look like a little a little foolish, you see. So it's best to avoid it. So uh, to people who speculate, uh, Krishna's transcendental name, form, quality, and pastimes are not revealed, you see. It, it, Srila Prabhupada goes on to say that they're not revealed to the non-devotees nor are they uh, nor are they uh, available to only one who is to one who is only slightly advanced he can't understand them you see there's nothing wrong with saying i don't quite understand i don't quite understand i'm trying to understand okay so i'll go on with the purport uh <clears throat> oh. The whole purport of this verse, though, is is one that uh, comes up more and more. And we have to talk about it a great deal. We have to repeat it. Srila Prabhupada said, repetition is not a literary weakness. Repetition is a literary strength because we need repetition. And, the, and that theme is that only through devotional service, loving devotional service to Krishna, can we understand him. You see, we have to, we have to have, we have to offer loving devotional service, not just devotional service, not just service. It's got to be devotional service because we've got to be devoted and it's got to be done out of love. So it has to be loving devotional service. That doesn't mean that we just go do it. That means by doing it, I'm thinking, my dear Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you totally. So much I'm loving you today and so much I will love you tomorrow. So therefore I'm washing this RT paraphernalia, or I'm cooking this Prasadam. I'm doing this because I love you. You see, if we can do all of our activities thinking that way, my dear Lord, I love you. I know I don't love you fully. I know I haven't achieved the uh, position of Krishna Prem. I know that. We both know that. But boy, I sure want that. And I know that if I continue to love you and I continue to serve you in a loving way, that you will give me Krishna Prem. I know you will. Because I know that's what you want me to have. And I know that you're used to getting what you want. So that's what you want. That's what I want. So it will definitely come to pass. Oh, when, oh, when will that day be mine, you see? So we think like that and what we do. I'm doing this because I love you, Lord. You see, that pleases Krishna, not just because. Well, okay, I've got to go do this. Well, gee whiz, I have to go wash the pots. That's not really loving devotional service. It is service, maybe some devotion. You know. Oh boy, I've got to go cook the. I got to go cook the offering. Doesn't sound loving. See. So let me continue. This confirms Krishna's own words in Bhagavad Gita, eighteen fifty-five. Bhakti amam abhyantati, yavan yas <laughs> chasmi tatvatah, tato mam tatpatogyatva, vishate tad anantaram. One can understand the supreme personality of Godhead as He is only by devotional service, and when one is in full consciousness of the supreme Lord by such devotion, one can enter into the kingdom of God. Close quote. So there again in Bhagavad Gita, it's repeated. You see, this this theme is uh, thrown at us again and again in the Vedas, only through loving devotional service, uh, and When one is in full consciousness of the Supreme Lord by such devotion, he can enter into the kingdom of God. You see, it's a matter of changing our consciousness. Only by Savanmukya, by engaging oneself in the Lord's service, can one realize the name, form, and qualities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. O Lord, the demigods say, The impersonalists who are non-devotees cannot understand that your name is identical with your form. Since the Lord is absolute, there is no difference between his name and his actual form. In the material world, there is a difference between form and name. The mango fruit is different from the name of the mango. One cannot taste the mango fruit simply by chanting, mango, 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 although that would be nice, but we can't do that. But the devotee who knows that there is no difference between the name and form of the Lord chants, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare, 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 Rama, hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, and realizes that he is always in Krishna's company. An extremely important thing for us all to remember, we are always in Krishna's company. Krishna is always with us, you see. Why? Why? Why does Krishna, uh, why is he always with us? When we come to this material world, why does Krishna come uh, as a super soul? Why does he tag along? Is it because he wants to keep an eye on us to make sure we don't goof anything up? You know, or he, he wants to watch us so we don't steal something? You know, in Bhagavad Gita says, Shuridam Sarvabhutanam. Shurid, the Shurid is the best friend the ultimate friend, because he is the ultimate friend and, and well wisher of all living entities. Shri Sarvabhutanam. huh because he's our best friend. Because he loves us, he comes with us to help. He helps us. He he observes, and he just and actually, it's hard for us to understand. But it really truly is this way. Krishna loves us so much that he can't take his eyes off of us. He doesn't want us to go away. It's just like a mother, when the child goes away to college, the mother regrets, she she laments, oh, my, my dear child is not here before me. My child is away at college or wherever, summer camp. I'm here lamenting that my child is gone. And the mother, if she could, if she had the potency of Krishna, she would expand herself and go with the child to observe you see? But she can't. Isn't this true? Krishna, however, can. He can't bear us walking out and going to the material world. He simply, he can't, he doesn't have to bear it. I'm going to. You don't know I'm there, but I'm going to, you see? Because you're his favorite. You are his favorite. And so are you, and so are you, everyone. He can he can do that because he is Krishna. He is God. So everyone is his favorite all at the same time, you see. He doesn't have to bear the separation. He doesn't have to. So he comes with us. Shridam Sarvabhutanam. For persons who are not very advanced in absolute knowledge of the Supreme, Lord Krishna exhibits his transcendental pastimes. They can simply think of the pastimes of the Lord and get full benefit. Since there is no difference between the transcendental name and form of the Lord, there is no difference between the transcendental pastimes and the form of the Lord. For those who are less intelligent, like women, laborers, or the mercantile class, the great sage Vasudeva wrote Mahabharata. In the Mahabharata, Krishna is present in his different activities. Mahabharat is history. And simply by studying, hearing, and memorizing the transcendental activities of Krishna, the less intelligent can also gradually rise to the standard of pure devotees. Now, so that there may not be any questions later, I'll point out what Prabhupada is saying here. For those who are less intelligent, like women laborers or mercantile class, uh, he's not saying, he's not pointing the finger at women. He's saying, those who are less intelligent who are who's he talking about? The laborers, shudras, the mercantile class. This is the business people, you see. And he's leaving out uh, reason he's saying you're not as intelligent as the brahmins spiritually. The brahmins are the, the ones with the spiritual intelligence. That can't we Can't we can't argue that? Well, no. The uh, the Vaishas have just as much intelligence. Huh? No. They don't. They have intelligence, but it's not spiritual intelligence. We can see that the vices use their intelligence with such genius to market their products and to make a profit. It's un—it's it, unfathomable how genius they are. I was speaking with the, the boys that came in from El Paso, uh, and I'll touch on this briefly. I don't want to get too far off the verse, but uh, to demonstrate the genius Uh, of the vicious in their lust for profit. Uh, They broke the the golden rule. It was their own rule that they had used for centuries, for thousands of years, when it comes to making a profit and producing uh, uh, a profit from selling your wares. The golden rule used to be necessity is the mother of invention you see if something was necessary they f- they would see some necessity like we need something to help us do this or to do that you know we need inst- when we gather the wheat we need a blade to cut it you see there was a need so someone developed this blade and started to sell them he made lots of money you see and through history like there's mice in a house so we need to invent a mouse trap there was a need uh uh-huh. But when it came to the point of uh, the moon, proposed moon trip, there was no need for what they wanted to sell. They're so genius that they figured out we could even do this without need. We need, we, we need to develop this technology to go into the next uh, uh, phase of technology. Now, at that time, I was alive at that time, and so were you, Pondiva, I'm sure, Some of you here were. There was no need for a cell phone. There was no need. People weren't thinking, oh, my God, if I just had a little phone that I could carry with me. There was no need. Life went on, Believe to the younger folks here, believe it or not, life went on just fine. (laughs) When there was no Internet, life was just great. You know, I can remember when there was one telephone in the house, in the central part of the house, you know, and and it worked. It was fine, you see. So, but uh, the genius of the Vaishas, they fig- figured that if we can, uh, let's use the spin of the Cold War, uh, the Russians are going to get to the moon before we do. If they do, they're going to put their missiles there and they can shoot their missiles down at us at any time. So we've got to get to the moon before de- they do to protect ourselves. And the public uh, looked up from the television for a, for a moment briefly and said, yes, let's do it, so I'll give you my tax dollars and now let me get back to my football game or I love Lucy or whatever, you know. So here, here, take my money. Yeah, we'll go to the moon, we'll beat the Russians. So they spent the money to develop the technology, which led to what we have today. We had no need for a computer. When I was growing up, I remember when I got out of high school uh, in 1966, I worked as a, a junior, kind of a junior engineer, a draftsman. And we used to have to calculate the weight of great, vast uh, castings of manganese steel. We had to calculate the weight So if I'm looking at a drawing, we had to get very close. And you do that by calculating the volume, multiplying that times a certain factor, the weight of manganese steel per cubic inch, and then it'll tell you about what the weight is. And we could get very close. We did that without even using an adding machine. We didn't have a calculator. We did it longhand. And you know what? Life was just fine. We had one uh, kind of a funny calculator kind of thing. It wasn't electric. It was kind of a punch thing, and I forget exactly how it worked, that everybody would work their work out longhand, and then you would go check it. We shared this one thing in the office, and we would go check it to see if we were correct, you see. And most of the times we didn't even use that. We just we just did it. You just <laughs> Believe it or not, we actually worked it out, the math, longhand you see. So we never thought, boy, if I had this little calculator that I could put in my shirt pocket, you see. But uh, through the lust and the zeal to make a profit, they sold this. So now, and it worked. Now everybody's got a laptop. Everybody's got a, a phone that does all kinds of things. And you know, every time somebody hits my Facebook, it goes ting, ting, ting. So I can look in my phone. Oh, Johnny said this. So let me tell. Uh, you know. So is there a need? Absolutely not. Hmm? Actually, it's more of a frustration and it's a um, distraction more than anything. The way people use uh, their devices—it's a big distraction. You see, as you go into the store, there's always somebody, something's going off and somebody's texting and whatever. Now, what is the value of what's going back and forth through the airways? Probably very little, probably very little, you know, actually in the spiritual realm, nothing. There's no value to it whatsoever. So uh, anyway, uh, that's, that's why what they said we were going to the moon. Obviously, we didn't go. Um, and it's to the point that we're, even if it were discovered today by the general public, I don't think people would, would care because, you know, the scientists could say, well, if we hadn't have done that, if we hadn't duped you into giving us the money, then you wouldn't have your laptop and your cell phone. There would be no Facebook. Oh, my God. There'd be no Facebook? Well, I'm glad you did it. I'm glad you stole my parents' and my grandparents' tax money. didn't hurt me. I don't care if you did it, went to the moon or not. I don't really don't care. Oh, by the way, somebody's called me on my fa- Facebook. Oh, let me see. Now. You know, let, let me get back to you. See, we just so um, that's the genius of the Vaishas, and we can talk eons about that. Srila Prabhupada continues, the pure devotees who are always absorbed in the thought of the transcendental lotus feet of Krishna and who are always engaged in devotional service in full Krishna consciousness are never to be considered to be in the material world. Srila Rupa Goswami has explained that those who are always engaged in Krishna consciousness by body, mind, and activities are to be considered liberated even within this body. When we're... Uh, when we're involved in loving, transcendental, loving, devotional service to Krishna, always we are liberated. Uh, as we've discussed before, we don't have to wait till death to be liberated. You see, it doesn't ha- it doesn't depend on death. It's not like, well, when we die, we'll find out. No, you'll know before then. Liberation can come as soon as you are engaged fully in Krishna consciousness. You will become liberated. Loving devotional service to Krishna always with your mind activities and activities. This is also confirmed in Bhagavad Gita. Those who are engaged in the devotional service of the Lord have already trans- transcended the material position. Krishna appears in order to give a chance to both the devotees and the non-devotees for realization of the ultimate goal of life. The devotees get the direct chance to see him and worship him. Those who are not on that platform get the chance to become qualified. Uh, Excuse me. Those who are not on that platform get the chance to become acquainted with his activities and thus become elevated to the same position. The Brahma Samhita says, 538, Brahmān janāt ritabakti vilokyan saṁtaha sadaiva hṛdeṣu vilokyanti yam śyāmasundaraṁ acintya-guṇa-svarūpām govindam adipurṣaṁ tam jāmī Although Krishna's transcendental form is present as black devotees who are in love with the supreme personality of Godhead appreciate the Lord as śyāmasundara having a very beautiful blackish form. The Lord's form is so beautiful that the Brahma Samhita 530 also states, Venum Kavantam Aravindala barhabatam Barhabhatam Asitambudasam Sundarangam kandarpakoti Kamaniya Vishesha Shobam Govindam Adipurusham Tamahamajami jami." I worship Govinda, the primeval Lord, who plays on his transcendental flute. His eyes are like lotus flowers. He is decorated with peacock plumes, and his bodily color resembles the color of a fresh black cloud. Although his bodily features are more beautiful than millions of cupids, this beauty of the Supreme Lord can be seen by devotees who are in love with him. Devotees whose eyes, are, whose eyes are anointed with the love of Godhead pray Manjana Charita Bhakti Velucina. So this is another uh, uh, assurance from Srila Prabhupada. This beauty of the Supreme Lord can be seen by devotees who are in love with Him. You see, it's all about loving Krishna. When we fall in love with Krishna, when we realize our love for Krishna we will see him. Prabhupada says that here. The Lord is also known as Giridhari, or girivaradhari because Krishna, for the sake of his devotees, lifted Govardhan Hill. The devotees appreciate the Lord's inconceivable strength, but non-devotees, in spite of directly perceiving the Lord's inconceivable strength and power, regard the Lord's activities as fictitious, this is the difference between a devotee and a non devotee. Non devotees can give any nomencl- Non-devotees can give any nomenclature for the supreme personality of oh, excuse me. Non devotees cannot give any nomenclature for the supreme personality of Godhead. Yet the Lord is known as Shamsunder and Giridhari. Similarly, the Lord is known as Devakinandana and Jashodanandana because he accepted the role of son for Mother Devaki and Mother Yashoda. And he is known as Gopal because he enjoyed the sport of maintaining the cows and calves. Therefore, although he has no mundane name, he is addressed by devotees as Devakinandana, Jashodananda, Gopal, and Shamasundar. These are transcendental names that only devotees can appreciate and non-devotees cannot. The history of Krishna, the person, the history of Krishna, the person, has been only seen, excuse me, has been openly seen by everyone. Yet only those who are in love with the Supreme Personality of Godhead can appreciate this history. Whereas non-devotees who have not developed their loving qualities think that the activities, form, and attributes of the Supreme Personality of Godhead are fictitious. Therefore this verse explains Na Namarupe Guna tava Sakshinaha. In this connection, Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Takur has given the example that persons suffering from jaundice cannot taste the sweetness of sugar candy, although everyone knows that sugar candy is sweet. Similarly, because the material, because of the material disease non devotees cannot understand the transcendental name, form, attributes, and activities of the supreme personality, personality of Godhead, although they actually see the lord 's activities either through authority or through history it's a very uh, important point here uh, um, this using the analogy of sugar candy uh, to one who is jaundiced. When we're in in a jaundiced condition, when we have jaundice, you can't taste sweet. If you eat uh, sugar, sugar candy, rock candy, it doesn't taste sweet. It tastes very bitter. As a matter of fact, it's said that it tastes so bitter that it can make the jaw hurt. You know, it's like you... So you cannot experience the sweet taste, either in honey or sugar or fruit or anything, you see, because you're jaundiced, you're diseased. So there's no appreciation. So we see that people who are uh, uh, consumed by the disease of materialism, uh, they have a very difficult time tasting any nectar from Krishna consciousness, you see. When they hear about Krishna's pastimes, when they hear about uh, of Krishna's names, his activities, they hear of Krishna's form, you see, they see Krishna's form, they can't appreciate it. They can't taste the sweetness. It's, It's so unfortunate, you see. It's there, but they can't taste it. So then they say, well, since I can't taste it, it's not there. I don't believe in it, you see. This is the nature of the non-devotees. So the job that the devotees have is for us to awaken these people, is to help them with their disease, their jaundiced condition, and get them to taste uh-huh. Krishna consciousness. Now, we can't get them to taste it all, but how do we do this? We get them to taste a little bit, you see. When you're jaundiced and you're starting to come out of it, if you get just a little taste of sugar, then you become attracted to it there's just a little taste of, uh, of sugar, of sweet, well, then you want more. So what we have to do is to perform our activities. First, we have to be devotees. That's our first job, be a devotee. So you taste the sugar. You ever notice if you were to go someplace and there's somebody sitting and they're eating something and they're like, Mmm, boy, this is so good, mmm, you know, you you may think, well, what is that that you're eating there? You know, can I get some of that? You ever go into a restaurant and they see somebody eating, ooh, is You say, tell the waitress, you know, I want whatever they have. You know, that looks pretty good. They're really enjoying it. So what's our duty, our first duty? Be a devotee. Taste it. Taste the nectar of Krishna. Taste the nectar of serving Krishna. Taste devotional service. Taste loving devotional service. Develop some love for Krishna. Develop some love for Krishna and then develop more love for Krishna through more loving devotional service. And then more loving devotional service and more love for Krishna until we achieve Krishna Prem. You see? The more you love Krishna, the more you can help somebody to become liberated and become attracted to Krishna. You see? So it's like a physician healed thyself. If you're going to spread Krishna consciousness, You've got to get wrapped up in it yourself, you see. Otherwise, you're just, uh, it's hypothetical. You're saying you, you, you should preach to people like, well, maybe there's a God, maybe his name is Krishna, and maybe, the, maybe it works this way, and maybe if you do um, loving devotional service, then maybe you'll get a taste, and maybe that'll lead to Krishna Prem, you see. So you've got to do it yourself. First of all, save yourself. Perform it, taste it. You see, and then you can distribute it. It's just like, like I was saying, if you see somebody enjoying something, you might think, "Oh, wow, what is that? I don't, I, how do I get some of that?" So we have to do it. We have to be devotees first, which means we have to see. <clears throat> excuse me. We have to see past um, uh, things that may apparently appear to be. Uh, not to our liking in this world i've, I've talked with people uh, to a great deal of, about this uh this this material world is never going to be to our liking except for maybe little bits and peri- periods of time here and there it'll be okay for a while sometimes we'll feel ecstatic for a few minutes or a couple of hours or whatever only to find out that the stocks went down or the, you know the weather just like a couple of weeks ago it was like really really cold incredibly cold, iced over. Then all of a sudden we had like really nice weather. The sun was out. It was warm. And then the next week it was real cold again, maybe even colder than it was before. You see? This is the nature of this world. We need to expect calamity. We need to, we can depend on that. Jai Sisi Raha Kala You see, You So we can depend on that. The world has always been that way. It always will. As a matter of fact, it's going to get worse. So we need to get used to it. It's going to be, there's going to be challenges. I've had some challenges uh, recently that I've had to deal with, and it's just been, uh, you know, not, nightmarish. Your health is going to give you a problem. Let's depend on it, you see. Let's kind of learn to chuckle when these things happen, you see. Uh, not get distracted, focus right back on Krishna. You see, my dear material energy, that was a really good uh, attempt that you made to take my, my mind off Krishna. Now that we're past that, back to Krishna. So, the Puranas are old, authentic histories, but non devotees cannot understand them, especially Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the essence of Vedic knowledge non-devotees cannot understand even the preliminary study of transcendental knowledge, Bhagavad Gita. They simply speculate and present commentaries with absurd, uh, absurd distortions. In conclusion, unless one elevates himself to the transcendental platform by practicing bhakti yoga, one cannot understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead or His name, form, attributes, or activities. But if by chance, by the association of devotees, one can actually understand the Lord and His features, one immediately becomes a liberated person. Prabhupada says, I'm going to repeat this, Prabhupada says, but if by chance, by the association of devotees, one can actually understand the Lord and His features, one immediately becomes a liberated person. As the Lord says in Bhagavad Gita 4.9 Janma <coughs> karma eva yo One who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not upon leaving the body take his birth again in this material world but attains my eternal abode, O Arjuna. Srila Rupa Goswami has therefore said that by affection and love for the Supreme Personality of Godhead, devotees can express their mind to him with their words. Otherwise, however, uh, uh, Others, however, cannot do this as confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, yaschas So let me repeat that. Uh, Srila Rupa Goswami has therefore said that by affection and love for the Supreme Personality of Godhead, devotees can express their mind to him with their words. Others, however, cannot do this as confirmed in Bhagavad Gita. So uh, from time to time we meet people. I've met people all over the country, and they tell me, you know, uh, I don't really need so much religion. I talk to God. You know, I have this. I can reveal my mind to God. Well, God already knows your mind. Anybody can talk to God, you see. But are you having a loving conversation with God? You see? Sometimes I see this uh, many times. I just, I don't know how many, I can't, I stopped counting how many people that tell me that I'm okay with God. You know, I don't really need you. I don't need anybody else. I don't need anything. I don't really need this book. He tells me what I need to know. And I think, oh, what an amazing person. Oh, you must have lotus feet. They must never touch the the earth as you walk. And then you look at their lives and you examine their lives and you can realize right away there is not a bit of truth, not even a a shred of truth to that. It is either imagination or you're simply making it up. You're trying to convince me or you're trying to convince yourself. And I hope you're doing a good job of yourself because you're not convincing me, you see. Why do people say this? Because they don't... Understand that we, the devotees of Krishna, have actually seen people who can talk to God. We have walked with them. We can recognize them. And we can also recognize at a glance who cannot. Now, anybody can talk to God. You know, it's like anybody can talk to President Obama. Oh, my dear Mr. President, I want you to lower my taxes and you know, get the Internal Revenue Service to get off my back. See, I just sent a message to Barack Obama. I don't think he heard it, though. I don't think he's listening in to Kalachanji Radio. or I don't think he's online right now. But see, I just talked to him. Was there communication? No. You see. So you get these fools that say, oh, I talk to God all the time. Yeah, I'm sure you sure you do. Is there a communication? Are you talking to God out of love and devotion? Do you have a loving, devotional relationship with him? You know they don't understand that that's part of the deal. you know It's like getting married without love and devotion. You know it's part of it you shouldn't You shouldn't do it otherwise. you see. So uh, I can pause here and see if there are any questions or comments. Yes, Pandava. Well I know what you're saying and and that's described in nectar of devotion in the beginning we follow the reg, the rules and the regulation you see uh it's kind of like uh when someone become wants to get their body fit you see uh they go to the gym and they make the instructor may say well you know to work this part of your body you do like this you know to work this part of body you use this machine you do like that and then you don't like it as a matter of fact, it's even a little painful at first. You know, the next day, kind of, you kind of ache, but you go and you do it. You go through the rigors of doing it. You see, it's not—it's an austerity to do it, but you do it. After a time, it becomes less of an austerity. You become, you get, you, you become stronger, and more and more stronger. In some time, you actually become attracted to this more and more, to the point where you become attached. You're attached to working out, you see. So uh, in the beginning, we have to uh, uh, follow the rules. We have to uh, force ourselves to do it. Here's the process, so we force ourselves to do it, you see. And after a while, there's some attraction that develops. And then, after a while, even longer, attachment. Now we're attached to it, or you're not. You, you're you're not following the regulative principles anymore. It just wouldn't dawn on you to break them. You have no need to break them. In the beginning, there's this. You're wrestling, you know, between, uh, well, I'm not supposed to do that anymore. I'm going to give up that. I'm not supposed to do that. So. I still want to, but, but I'm not supposed to, but I'm not, and I'm not gonna, but wow, that sure looks attractive. Yeah, maybe once. I'll just do it. And then I'll go back to following, you see. And then as, as as you become uh more and more attracted, when you get to the point that you're attached, you don't even notice this nonsense that was tempting you before. It's not a temptation. You see. It it develops. You just have to and, and the thing of it is you don't realize you don't realize how far you've come you see you just you don't realize it and the reason why the devotee doesn't realize as their love for krishna develops is because there's so much more you see it's like going down a highway and you're you're going you're you're going up a little bit of a hill and you can't see the road beyond that hill and you're thinking oh i'm almost there the road's almost ended and then you get up to the top of the hill and you see where well, the road goes on another 100 miles. <laughs> and then it ends at the top of that hill 100 miles from here. Then you get up to the top of that hill. As soon as you get to the crest of the hill, you see, oh, the road goes on. Devotional service is like that. It's ever-increasing. You see? The more we get, the more we want. It's unlimited. It's un- our, our love for Krishna is unlimited. So uh, you're not going to realize. You're not going to ever think, boy, I am. I really, I really love Krishna. Because you realize how much you don't love. Krishna. You may have you gained so much love for Krishna, but now there's so much more that I don't have, and I want that. You see, I'm not there yet. I haven't reached the goal. I haven't even scratched the surface. Others may look at you and say, wow, you're just, you're a total, you You have Krishna Prem, I can tell. But you're thinking, no, no. I know where I am, I don't. I don't have And you really feel that way. I want more. Bhakti Vinod Thakur didn't feel that he had Krishna Prem. We know he did. Srila Prabhupada didn't feel that he had Krishna Prem, but we know he did. You see. Anything else? Yes, Linda Mataji. Uh huh. Uh well, they're lumped in with that, you know, they're typically uh, Not as uh, attracted to studying the Vedas as uh, the the male Brahmins. I mean, there are exceptions. You know, I've seen many exceptions, but it is a general thing. So, Prabhupada's not talking about, uh, and again, this doesn't mean they're stupid. In the material world, a lot of people think, well, that means they're stupid. He's saying women are stupid. He's not saying that. It's just like uh, the Vaishas here. I made the point. He's saying less intelligent people like the Vaishas. But we can see the Vaishas are so genius that they pull the wool over the whole world's eyes. You can fool almost all the people all the time if you've got the lust enough to direct what intelligence and talent you have to profit, you see. Now, we know there's genius there. I mean, we see it in the advertising. I mean, I'm always amazed when I see the billboards and the way the whole world is structured for, for profit. The vices are just incredibly genius. Do they have spiritual intelligence? They're not very attracted to that. <laughs> you know, they're not. Now, some are. You'll find some vices. You know, we know many, many of them that come to the temple. They're vaishas, and they're very attracted. But in the scope of the, the, the broad scope of the world, that's very uncommon. They're so distracted by uh, making profit. They have to. It's To survive, they have to. Does that make any sense? Okay. Anything else? Die all glories to Srila Prabhupada himad baghatam
1: Yeah, <laughs> me Young. Yeah, no. Janiya shaniya vesa khai I'm a